Hey, welcome back. Jeff Semple sitting in for Alan Carter over the next couple of days. Thanks for joining us. You know, if you're a parent listening out there, you've probably been wondering what is waiting for you around the corner come the fall when kids theoretically are scheduled to go back to school. What exactly is that going to look like? A lot of those questions remain unanswered. The details yet to be ironed out. We've heard from Ontario's education minister who has given the school boards across the province three options to return to the classroom, that all classes can be offered online. That's number one. Schools can offer a mix of virtual and in-classroom teaching. Number two. And number three, all classes will take place with students physically present at the school. At this point, it appears officials are leaning towards the second option, a bit of a hybrid. Schools offering a mix of virtual and in-classroom teaching. But it will be up to the school boards to decide how to move forward with that. And, you know, at this point, it's a waiting game. And that is proving very stressful for a lot of parents, including this Toronto mother. Lauren, uh, thanks again for, for joining us on this. So I guess, what's your take, your reaction to what we've heard so far from the Ontario government when it comes to its plan, or at least the makings of its plans, to reopen schools in the fall? What's your reaction? I've really seen a disconnect between the way the provincial government has talked a little bit about schools and the way parents and kids have experienced it. I don't see an urgency on the part of the provincial government or a prioritization of education. Um, I don't see an understanding on the provincial government's part about what parents are going through. Um, and for parents, and particularly women, getting kids safely back to school is an utmost priority. And for kids, they have a legal right to education and they're falling behind. And I don't see any of that discussion from the provincial government. I don't see a level of urgency and ambition that matches the scale of the problem that we're facing. Right. And of course, you know, they would firstly point to the scale of the problem that we're facing with COVID-19, um, you know, and, and concerns about kids. You know, I mean, obviously, as we've seen some some children showing, you know, for the most part, pretty mild symptoms when it comes to COVID-19. But, you know, as you know, as a parent, children are, are super spreaders often of, disease, of viruses like this. So, you know, obviously this is an extraordinary situation and, and that's why they're, they're taking this extraordinary measure. Yeah, I mean, nobody's saying safely bringing back schools is easy. It is certainly a huge logistical and funding challenge. And there are risks, just as there are in everything in parenting. Um, but I feel like we have started with the very bare minimum and we will only go down from there. We have not started with a level of ambition that says we are going to, where possible, bring back schools to the maximum potential in class. And then if we don't quite make that, if we fall short a little bit, then, you know, fair enough. Um, you know, where's the convenings of panels of experts? Where's the best case scenarios and the gold standard from other countries? Um, of course, every parent wants their child to be safe. That's the baseline level of what we should do as parents. But also recognizing that there are trade-offs. There are kids for whom this experience has been profoundly frightening. They've gone hungry. They have been abused. We are seeing an increase in levels of child abuse and a decrease in reporting of child abuse because kids have been kept away from adults at school who keep them safe. And so there are 
risks to not bringing back school as well. Never mind the mental health of children um, who've been isolated and they're seeing all of the stuff reopening for adults, bars and restaurants and nail salons and patios and dog groomers. And meanwhile, kids look like an afterthought. And so there are risks to not reopening. And the other risk is women's workforce participation and women's equality that if you force parents to pick between their children, staying at home with their children and keeping a job, you can't legally leave your child at home all day for most ages. And so as employers are bringing back workplaces and saying, you need to come back to work, we're starting phase three of reopening in Ontario, um, it, parents will have to drop out of work because there is no childcare. And the people primarily doing that will be women and if we do not get school reopening right, we will risk setting back women's equality generations. And we will see a profound economic impact of that. Women contribute nearly 50% of economic activity. If 50% of your workforce is at risk of dropping out, you don't get the economic recovery that you're looking for. There is no economic recovery without schools and education. Right, um, and as I noted, you're a parent yourself. Can you talk to me about what that has looked like for you personally through the course of this pandemic? I think like every parent, there's been good days and bad days. And I consider myself very lucky in many ways. You know, I think a lot about kids, you know, my daughter has been bored and frustrated and very, very lonely, but she has not been unsafe and she has not gone hungry. Um, I feel like, you know, for parents who have had to work outside the home because they're essential workers. And what do they do with their children? Um, you know, parents who are getting up at four in the morning to try and get a few hours of work in before their kids wake, and then they do a full day of parenting. And then they work again till 11 or midnight, trying to get work in. And so, you're, you know, we've been asking parents to do sort of 100 hours of parenting, 20 hours of homeschool, and when most of us are not teachers, and 40 hours of work, never mind housework, looking after elderly parents, getting groceries. I don't know how the math has worked for other people, but it has not worked for us. There is, it's just not physically possible to fit all of those things into a work week. Right, yeah, it's interesting. And I, I mean, I was speaking um, to a woman the other day um, as part of a separate unrelated interview who mentioned that just the uncertainty uh, is weighing on, on her. And in her case, uh, she teamed up with another family and they're hiring a private tutor for the fall for their kids. Uh, but obviously, you know, that's not an option open to everybody given, uh, you know, the financial strain that that will create. But, uh, you know, so far, uh, you know, we you hear parents are basically trying to read the tea leaves. I mean, it depends on your where you live, of course, and which school board you fall under. Uh, but I know they're in Ottawa, here in Toronto. We're hearing, you know, it sounds like officials might be leaning towards this sort of in, in the classroom for, you know, a couple days and then remote learning for a couple days or one week in, one week out. Um, and, but without a, a coherent answer and without any sort of clear direction, um, you know, notwithstanding the fact that this pandemic is a fluid situation that's changing all the time, but what what's the feeling from you and other parents, just given that uncertainty? I mean, and, and you know, are you able to make any plans at all? 
Yeah, I think, you know, parents aren't daft. We know this is a profoundly uncertain time. We've been living through it for four and a half, five months now. We know that guarantees don't exist. Um, but what we are looking for is a lot more clarity and communication and that level of ambition that it uh, reassurance from the provincial government that it's not just ad hoc piecemeal solutions devolved down to individual schools to try and work out what they can do with the resources they've got. And from that, you will get the bare minimum. What parents are looking for is that high level political will and commitment. We will do what it takes to bring back schools to the safest extent possible. And we will provide the funding. And here's the framework. Here's the sort of basic principles that we're operating on. That certainty alone will, I think, reassure parents a lot that somebody is on it. Somebody is caring about this and somebody is looking after it. At the moment, it just feels like its education has fallen through the cracks and it is not a political priority at all. Um, so just starting there and reassuring parents that it is a political priority, that the government does understand the impact this has had on children, that children have a legal right to education, and that it understands that there is no economic recovery without childcare and education, and that the impact on women particularly will be profound if we don't get this right. Just that articulation, I think, would go a long way to reassuring parents that Yes, the details are hard. Yes, the logistics are complicated. But there is the drive from above and somebody in charge who is on this and making sure every step of the way that there is the support for schools, for teachers and for school boards to get this right. That's Laura Dobson-Hughes, a parent of a seven-year-old in Ottawa. Laura Dobson-Hughes, also a consultant specializing in gender equality and health. I spoke with her a little earlier. And in terms of the timing, when we expect to get some answers as to what school will look like in Toronto in the fall, Toronto District School Board saying that they have created a steering committee, a preliminary plan will be presented to that committee on July 15th, and then the school board will submit a final plan to the province for approval sometime in early August. So still a few weeks to go, probably, before we have answers to some of these very large questions here. Quickly, is Ontario's Education Minister Stephen Lecce speaking last week? The protocol we've unveiled uh, does require for students to be cohorted in groups of no more than 15 for September. What that allows students to do, as I sort of described as a new normal, is to be kids. We don't want a one-size-fits-all. You can't in the size of this rubber. If there is a risk to the province and a second wave, it allows us, of course, to scale back as well.